So this story is traditionally called the, the story of the prodigal son. That's how we probably would have learned about it at school. Uh, it's often what it's called. So the focus is on the, the son. Uh, I think in recent years, it seems to be swaying uh, towards calling the story actually the merciful father, the story of the merciful father, because he's, he's really the protagonist here. He's really the main figure, the main character, uh, which I think we should focus on today. Just a little bit of background on the two sons, and then we look at, at, at the father. So I won't go into it. I, I, I've probably preached about this one before. It's, it's a common enough gospel. It's a great gospel. Uh, the son, the younger son, when he says, uh, the, the, the expression is, is, is quite careful. The younger said to his father, Father, let me have the share of the estate that would come to me. And that would come to me when? That would come to me when you die. Okay, so uh, even, even in our day, like to say that to our parents, you know, the, you know that portion of the will I'll get, any chance I could have it now? I mean, it's, it's a fairly horrific statement, you know? When you die, the stuff that I, all the stuff that I'll get any chance I could have it now? It's like your life means nothing to me. You know, if you were to die now and, and I were to inherit my, my part, my portion, my half of the estate, that would be great. You know, it's, it's a real disrespect. It's a profound disrespect for the father. Uh, and even as soon as he gets it, it's not that he, he gets his portion of the property and then farms it and develops it and, you know, uh, maybe buys some more surrounding territory and really becomes an honourable man and a hard worker. He completely disrespects his father and then rather than kind of make his father proud with what he received, he just wasted just a, a pursuit of pleasure and, and satisfaction of passions. Uh, it's just, it, it's very, very, very disrespectful, then very base and very low and very immature, the whole thing. Okay, uh, so... Remember, it's, uh, it's Jesus telling this parable, so all the details Jesus includes are important. The, the son goes to, to a faraway land, so a foreign country, a non-Jewish land. This was uh, generally, Jews would have had to actually wash themselves after dealing with pagans, after dealing with Gentiles, non-Jews, right? They were considered impure, unclean. So to live in a foreign country, <coughs> you're then surrounded by impurity. But not only was he surrounded by impurity because he was outside of the... the, the the, the Holy Land, he was also engaging then in all of this, as I say, pursuit of happiness with the ladies and the drunkenness and the parties and all of that kind of thing. Not only that, but then when all the money runs out, he ends up not only farming, which would have been honourable enough, but taking care of pigs, an unclean animal for Jews. And not only was he taking care of pigs, but the pigs were better fed than he was. Right, so Jesus is really giving lots of detail here to see this life. This guy had fallen into the absolute pits of misery. Pigs were better off than him. Okay, so he rehearses this line, <clears throat> which isn't even what we would call perfect contrition. It's, it's kind of imperfect contrition. It's not so much, Father, I love you, I'm sorry, but it's, I'm hungry, <laughs> so I'm going home. What do I have to say to get back in? So, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your paid servants. So it's, it's, his motivation isn't even the best. Okay. Uh, and yet. Okay. He heads off home. Little detail now uh, as regards to the father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with pity. Pity. Now, it's, uh, I don't know who I remember. I remember reading this somewhere, but some biblical scholar 
It says, if the father saw him when he was still a long way off, that means the father's scanning the horizon for him. It means the father's waiting for him. So this son, who kind of wanted you dead, or at least disrespected you, uh, and then wasted half of the, the farm that you worked hard to maintain and to build up, and then just blows it. Uh, when, he's, when you see him on the, on, the, on the horizon, the father's moved with pity. Now, I'd say that there's a lot of Irish mammies out there who would say, oh, back home now, is it? Hmm? Got your comeuppance, what? Hmm? That learned you good, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? You never leave this house again. Uh, you know, I can imagine they'd be kind of delighted. All oh, right, listen to it now. Come on, listen to it. Come on. Apology, yeah, come on. <laughs> you can imagine, like, the all, and, and you, can, you can definitely understand where they're coming from. That he deserve a little bit of a, little bit of, um, uh, what do you call it, given out to uh, when he would return for his gross disrespect. But the father doesn't even let him finish. That's why I deliberately read it somewhat quickly. Uh, the father doesn't let him finish. The father cuts him off when he's in the middle of his apology. So he sees him when he's a long way off. So he's scanning the horizon. He's waiting for him. And then even before the son sees him, the father sees him. And he's running towards him. And then for a, an older man, it's somewhat like uh, a priest. A priest running, you don't run in garbs. It looks very undignified. You know, when we have to move quickly, you just have to take bigger steps and take them faster. But you never run in priestly vestments. But if I were to, and have to hitch up the alb and run, it would look mighty undignified. And this is what uh, the father does. As a Jewish dad, he runs. Jewish men didn't run. It's too undignified, like, you know. So he, he hitches, he'd have to hitch his garments or he'd trip over them. Hitches and runs. It's, just, it's a very interesting sight just to, to imagine, like, you know, this ungrateful son. Uh, and the father then just moved with pity. Why? Because he is a son. Not because he's good, but because he's his son. Father hitches his garments and hikes towards him. And then, not, he doesn't rub his nose and, oh, look, look at you now, huh? Big boy now heading off to the big bad world and look, look at the state here, look at the cut here. That's what you get now for all of your, you know. Doesn't rub his face in, 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 in the boy's misery at all, uh, but welcomes him back and throws a party, a celebration. It's, just, it's a beautiful scene, absolutely uh, amazing. The father runs to the boy, clasps him in his arms and kisses him tenderly. This guy who stank of pig kisses him tenderly. Then the, father, then the son starts his, his rehearsal speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. <clears throat> Do you remember, he, he was going to say as well, uh, treat me as one of your paid servants. He doesn't get a chance. Father cuts in. Quick, bring out the best robe. Put it on him, ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Kill the fatted calf, we're going to have a celebration because the son of mine who was lost is found. He was dead and is now alive. Okay, so just absolute just joy. If, if, if you're, it's like if you open the door at all to receiving God or receiving grace in Hill Flood, it is even a minimum of openness. Okay, very quickly to the, to the, other, the other son and then we'll have a look at the father. So the, the other son then sees all of this and is indignant. He's not happy. Again, you could imagine if you're the hard-working son all the, all the time at home, uh, this brother of yours, by the way, if he lived his, a, a life of debauchery and, 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 and uh, as I say, fulfillment of passions as soon as he got the chance, beforehand, I can't imagine he was a particularly hard worker either. You know, as in before he left, I can't imagine he was a model son and then just suddenly gets this idea to ask his father for the inheritance and goes and wastes it. 
I can imagine he was a waster beforehand, right? So the son, more than likely, was a waster all of his life. <laughs> you know, doesn't sound like a hard worker to me. And if you're looking for your passions all the time, then he'd always be looking for the easy way out, the easy job. You know, d dig this vine. Yeah, dig this vine. I'll dig this vine. No one's looking. <laughs> you know what I mean? As soon like, and then, oh, yeah, just working, just working here, just working. <laughs> you know, like you can imagine. So he, he wasn't a hard worker even before he left. He was a, a waster beforehand. So the, the brother, I, I can imagine, was unhappy to see him back. He did nothing before, he's going to do nothing now, like. Why, 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 why would we celebrate? I mean, he's just shown so much disrespect and selfishness. Why, why celebrate? And the way the father phrases it, my son, you are always with me. And all I have is yours. All I have is yours. I'm not holding anything back. Everything I have is yours. But it was only right that we should celebrate. Because your brother here was dead. He doesn't say your brother here was poor, was hungry. Your brother here was dead. And is now alive. Was lost. And is now found. It's, it's, it's a very strong expression. He was, but he wasn't dead. He wasn't dead. He was living in the lap of luxury for a, for a while anyway. But in the father's eyes, he was dead because he was cut off from him. Okay, let's focus on the father for a bit. The father is the protagonist in the story. He is the merciful father. He is the, the one who is trying, well, he's loving both of his sons and he's trying to get them to understand him. Trying to get them to reciprocate the, his love, to answer his love with theirs. The younger son is a waster. The, the older son is so focused on, on the work, so focused on the law, that he forgets the love. The father doesn't sound particularly demanding here at all. So the, the son is like, I've slaved for you and never once disobeyed your orders. And I can just imagine the father saying, I never asked you to slave for me though. If you want to work hard, that's fine. But I, I, never, I never actually asked you to slave for me. If you wanted to celebrate with, with, your, your, with your friends, that's fine. All I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. I'm not holding anything back from you. So the, the, the temptation back in, in the Garden of Eden, you know, the serpent says, <clears throat> is it true you can't eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? They say, no, we can eat from the trees of, the fruit of the trees of all, any, any tree, any bush at all, except one. So Adam and Eve were not hungry. And then they're tempted to take what they already had. They're tempted to satisfy what they didn't actually need. They were tempted Take this fruit, and when you do, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God's. You will be like God's. But a few verses beforehand, we hear that Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God. They already had that, that, that closeness to God, that semblance to God, that spark of the divine within them. They already had it. Stealing what they already had. Grasping for what they already had. The son here already owned everything. Was, everything that the father had was already his. You don't have to slave. We, and so fast forward to us. Like, we don't have to slave for God. We should work hard, absolutely. But God isn't like, you know, work and slave for me. Obey my rules. And then forget the most important thing. The heart of our Father. Do we know the heart of our Father? Do we know the heart of our Father? 
I was talking to a lady recently, and uh, she, she's a wonderful lady of prayer, and she always calls God Papa. And I think every time she says, every time she says it, I, I, actually, I actually feel, oh, Jeannie, I really need to work on my relationship with God the Father. You know, every time she says it, it's just, it's, for me, it's just such a, it's a reminder, such a kind of a, a little inspiration to me, like, you know. She has, a, she has this real relationship of a, a, a daughter-father with, uh, with God. And then I think, well, do I have a, rela- a real relationship as, as, as father-son with God? Do I see him as father, as heavenly father? I mean, I, we say it so often in the creed, you know, I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, Father, Father, Father. Do we know the heart of our father? Because in, in the story of the prodigal son or the merciful father, neither a son, neither of them know the heart of their father. Neither. For, like the older son, I've been with you all these years, I've slaved for you but you still don't know me. I'm not holding anything back from you. And then the younger son, so, as I say, so disrespectful, comes back because he's hungry and is just lavished in in undeserved mercy. It's, it's, It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful parable. It shows us just, just a little of the love of the, the father, the merciful heart of the father, the patience of the father. The, the, just this, this scene of, of, of the father sitting on the, on the porch, I can imagine him on a kind of a rocker, just scanning the horizon day after day, week after week, month after month, that this son might come back. And that's how God waits for us. That's how he waits for maybe your, your sons or your daughters out there if you're concerned about your family who aren't practicing. The Lord waits for them. The Father waits for them. And unfortunately, as, as we see with the, the younger son, unfortunately, the way we come back to God is often through the cross. Because while things are good, while things are comfortable, while things are pleasurable, that tends to be not when we think of God. We see our need for God when we see the cross, when we experience the cross, when we feel the weight of it. And so the Lord often allows these things not to punish us, but even as an act of mercy, that under the weight of our cross, whatever it is, that we remember who we are and who he is. We are beloved children of God, the Father. We are beloved children of God, the Father. So we ask the Lord today to renew our love for his Father and our Father. And that when we pray, when we pray the Our Father in this Mass, when we pray the Our Father when we're praying our rosaries or in general, when we think of even the word God, when everyone says the word God, in your own head, replace it with the word Papa or Dad. that we might begin to know the loving heart of our Father. Amen.